0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Welcome back to the first 2020 episode of Another Page Turner with Big Dog and Little Steph. I'm Stephanie Menard.
0: I am Tom Hutchison.
1: And we made it to 2020. That's, Somehow. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Happy New Year, Tom. To you, too. Uh, I, I'm looking and forward belated to belated
0: Christmas and, and belated happy new year and all that. Cause we haven't talked for about what, two or three weeks. So. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: The holidays are crazy, man. I'm glad that we did our last show before the holidays hit. Cause even leading up to Christmas, everything is just insane. Well,
0: remember next year, that means that, uh, uh, Oh, no, it doesn't because it goes the other way. I was thinking that means that our, our shows are going to be on Christmas and New Year's and we were going to have to do it. But no, it pushes far away now. It goes into Thursday. Yeah. So never mind. Again, we had this conversation yesterday when I tried to do the podcast with you on the wrong day. I don't know where I am. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I, I did the, When I got here to Arizona last week, I was 100% positive it was Wednesday and I was looking for new comics. And I'm like, where are the comics? They're like, dude, it's Monday. What are you doing? So, yeah, the the fact that I'm even here... And functional right now is a miracle.
1: <laughs> yeah. When you messaged me, I was like, I was like a, at a hair appointment, and I'm like, it's not today, man. Or, or like for a second, I thought I was crazy. But then I was like, no, man. Like it's Monday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we figured that one out, though. And I, yeah, I'm glad that hopefully this will anchor you so that you know now, like every day after this, like what day it is?
0: I, I Maybe. We'll see. I mean, I've got, because, and this is one of the things we'll talk about, because I have a Kickstarter launching on Saturday, I think that will kind of sort of kick me back into an awareness of, of where I am. Um, but really, I mean, for the past two months, I've been alone, you know, in Michigan. My, my mom went back down to Florida and so on. And so it's basically just been me for two months and, and working. And the only sort of connection I have to what day it is is football is on, so that must mean it's Sunday. And that's, that's all I got. <laughs> Everything else just is basically one long day.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Especially, you know, if you're, you're working, you're by yourself. And and that's one of the things about, you know, working from home, um, you know, like when you do your writing or for even for people that have, you know, because I work for the network that we're on. I do all the editing for the shows and I get everything up on the website for everybody. So all of my jobs are from home and I can lose track of things very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, luckily I have enough appointments like in my calendar (laughs) to where I can like remember, okay, it's this day, but yeah, I can easily slip away from you. So, and then, you know, with Christmas and uh, New Year's, a lot of people uh, that have, you know, regular go to work day jobs, they were all out of whack, too, because they had, you know, like Tuesday and Wednesday off or mm-hmm. what or whatever, Wednesday and Thursday, whatever days they were. And then they had sure. to go back to work and it felt like it was the weekend already. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Very yeah, yeah.
1: confusing. But hopefully you know, we, we're all getting back to being rooted in reality <laughs> and paying attention to what is going
0: on around us. Reality sucks. It, let's just let's just stay in the cloud.
1: You know so so would you wouldn't take the pill to like be released from the Matrix, you'd just stay there?
0: Oh no, I would stay. There there's nothing there's nothing on the outside that's worth giving up perfection.
1: That is true. I don't know. I haven't thought about that for a while. But at, at least the cool <laughs> thing about what we do is that we get to we almost kind of we, we don't necessarily have to live in reality because we're creating things that aren't reality all the time. And it it, it makes uh, it makes life interesting.
0: <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, we 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 are uh, we get to take kind of, I guess, well, hopefully we get to take kind of the best of both. Uh, you know, we can we can just settle on existing in whatever our reality is. But when that dis- when that isn't good enough, we get to go make up our own.
1: Yes. It, it's it's lovely yeah. escapism at its finest.
0: <laughs> Says the horror writer with monsters eating people's faces. You know that's the better reality.
1: Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's like my you know it's like my therapy man. Like I, I'm like the nicest person, very level headed, not like creepy at all. Well, most of the time, not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then I write stuff. People are just like, wow, man. You all right?
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm like
1: I'm totally fine. I I I just find this stuff fun. It's fun to write. <laughs> That's it.
0: That's it. If it's not fun. You shouldn't be doing it.
1: Exactly. I know we've we've talked about this several times. If you're not enjoying what you're writing, then why are you writing it? Or right. same goes for your art. Like if you're you're painting, drawing, anything, you know, if you're not having fun, why?
0: Yeah. Do something else. Your your subject matter is not right or you know, something's something's not where it should be so take a step back figure out what is wrong and uh and and make your left turn and and figure it out
1: absolutely and before we get into your upcoming kickstarter that launches this saturday yeah. um and you don't strike me as one of the, those people that does new year's resolutions um just no, to, no yeah you don't no. strike me as one of those people <laughs> so i was going to ask you like You know, even though I didn't think you had one, if you had made like, even if it's not a resolution, but like if there's any, I just set an intention, which I know sounds really new agey and like stupid, (laughs) but
0: no, but that makes sense.
1: I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, give more than I take this year because that's something that's very easy to do. and. I can definitely achieve it. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to get in really good shape and like eat good every day. Because no, come on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm realistic.
0: (laughs) I just had red lobster last night. That's just not the way it's going down.
1: Yeah. You know, I was a little sad that you weren't still in Michigan because I might have joined you for some red lobster. I've been craving um, like crab legs lately. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, cheddar biscuits. Come on. Well,
0: listen, Motor City is not that far away. So we'll, we'll arrange something.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, speaking of which, I, I just got locked down my table yesterday. So. I saw that.
0: I, that's something I have to do, too. I always forget about that show. and uh, But everybody's suddenly talking about it. So I'm like, OK, I got I to gotta get this done. It'll be our first Motor City, uh, assuming we can get in and, and grab a booth. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've done it with you for the past few years, just kind of hanging out. So uh, it's time for us to step up and um, throw some books on the table
1: hell yeah and it's bigger and better than ever i mean i couldn't even last year couldn't even get from one end to the other it was mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so you know i'm i'm looking forward to it this year it's my first year in like two or three years that i have my own table again right. instead of uh, going with the studio podcast retreat i usually go with them because well a like you know they always offer which is cool i appreciate that and it's not a cheap Convention tables, even in Artist Alley, are, you know, over 300 bucks, Um, you know, and for somebody like myself, who's just, you know, I have only so much inventory. It's not a show that I necessarily if I if I break even that I'm good, you know, Mm -hmm. it's more about being there because it's like the hometown show. Sure. It's it's the big one. So it's like you kind of just have to show your face. (laughs) You got to be there. (laughs) It's kind of important. So. But I'm looking forward well, to it this year.
0: Well, and, and to answer your question, it, it's uh the, the 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 resolution, the intention, the goal, basically for me is is simply uh to get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um you know, we we've done well over the past few years as I've I've come out of the Aspen uh deal that I was in and, and doing our Kickstarters and so on. But the reality is is that I haven't done enough to really uh, to really make all of that streamlined and and as good as it can be. We've been behind on shipping dates and and so on and so on. Sometimes it's not my fault. Sometimes we've ended up with artistic problems. We had a printer. We had literally a printer just, like, disappear on us. So I Yikes. had to go find a, a printer for for a book. So that pushed a book back a few months. So there's been problems that are out of my control. But in in accepting, you know, responsibility for being the head of a publishing company, there are things that I am not doing either that are – Uh, slowing us down. So, um, coming into 2020 and, and looking at this first Kickstarter that we're doing, uh, Scheherazade on Saturday, the goal is to be sure that the books are finished, uh, by the time the campaign finishes, which means that when the campaign is done, we basically push print on the printer and things spool up and we're going and that's that's where we always intended to be. But we always just had things happen here. This happened there happened. And and again, the past few years, in addition to, to you know, having to basically rebuild Big Dog Inc., um, I've been bouncing back and forth from the West Coast to the East. Uh, I have I'm basically I'm as close to homeless as you get. I'm I, I'm with parents on for one period of the time. The rest of the time I'm in hotels and Airbnbs and, you know, traveling and so on. So I um, it's been difficult for me, but that's not always an excuse for me not doing what I should be doing. So for me, it's, it's stepping up to the plate and giving our, our, our fans and our customers and our buyers and and everybody who is supporting us, me specifically, um, what they deserve, which is, you know, product on time and, and so on and so on. So, um, with Nia Rufino, who's doing the art for, uh, Scheherazade, uh, she knows that our deadline is basically the middle of February, which is the end of the campaign. And she's like, yep, no problem. It'll be done by then. And and we'll be good to go. So our first book right out of the gate will be on time. Um, the second book, which will be Critter in March, we're already working on that one. So we're two months ahead of time on that. So we're really kind of starting 2020 well, and with everybody kind of understanding that, okay, let's, let's all pick up the pace let's give our our supporters what they deserve
1: absolutely and you know i found that um you know as somebody who backs a lot of kickstarters and who's now you know run a couple myself um you, people when they see like they're more likely to continue backing you like if you're punctual like with your you know with getting the product out so i think that's right. a really good um that's a really good goal and that's what i did with both of mine i I made sure not to launch my Kickstarters until I knew that by the time my funds were released from Kickstarter, that all I had to do was just then order the books. And then Mm -hmm. once they came in, you know, they would go right out. And so and I got a lot of positive feedback for that. I've so many people were just like, you know, you really handled your Kickstarter well. You know, this is like one of the fastest Kickstarters, you know, that have ever received my product. Thank you so much. So like people really appreciate it. And when they see that you're that you're doing that, you're going to keep that. I mean, there's going to be people that follow you no matter what because they love your work. But then there are going to sure. be, you know, with every campaign, you're always going to get new people. And to keep those new people doing exactly what you're doing is how you keep them.
0: Yep. That's it. And, and I mean, that's anything. I mean, that's just life, you know. Uh, and, and I got to, you got to, if you're in comics, Uh, if you're seriously in comics, um, and, and you're putting out books with any sort of regularity, uh, you know, you've got to treat it like it's your job because it is your job, but it's, it's, you know, you're not getting your, your, your hourly wage to do it, but, uh, the back end of it is yours and, and you've got to treat that back end as you would basically treat your, your day-to-day nine to five job. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm finally in a place where things are clicking uh, uh, you know the the artists that have flaked on me are out the door, and and you know we're not going to deal with that anymore. The the printer situation is is basically streamlined now, and uh, and now I just have to get myself in a position where I'm not bouncing back and forth from coast to coast, um, which should also be happening in 2020. So if I can get myself a stable like this is this is home base now, um you know everything should be able to elevate from there. So that's that's sort of the the resolution goal uh, intention of of 2020.
1: I love it. I love it. It's a and it's very it's very doable. So, you know, yes, it
0: is. It is. It really is.
1: You know, I, I love seeing people reach for the stars and like, you know, set these really high goals for themselves. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just personally, um, I don't like to set myself up to fail. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I feel yeah. like a lot of times, uh, you know, the whole new year new me thing is, you know, you're just going to end up disappointed in yourself and it's going to put you back into that cycle of the, the BS that you've been doing. So right. why?
0: You I? have to make attainable goals. You can have long-term big things, but you have to make attainable goals so that you can basically check them off your list as you're getting to whatever the big long-term goal is. You know, some of these long-term goals are going to take you years to achieve. So in the meantime, if you only have that one goal in your head and you're not there, you're, it's not checked off. And so it's just going to, it's basically just going to become this thing on your shoulders where you're like, well, I'm not there yet. Well, I'm not there yet. Well, yeah, but look at what you've done along the way. Check off the 10 things that you, you did this and you did this and you did this. You did your first show. You, you, uh, uh, you know, you traveled out of state for your first show. You um, made table, you made profit, you blah, 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 blah. On and on and on and on until you see that you're that much closer to the big goal, whatever that happens to be.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, And speaking of uh, Kickstarters being in time, I just want to mention this really quick uh, because its I originally announced that uh, Aeonian 3 would be coming, I think I originally announced in February. Um, And that's still a possibility, but my artist is working on like three books at once. He's in demand right now and he's working a lot with SourcePoint Press. I'm talking about Stan Yak. So um, he's working on a lot uh, so I am not sure I'm not launching until like colors are at least halfway done because mm-hmm. my letterer can get it done, you know, uh, Robin Jones, he's amazing. Like he can get it done, you know, really quick and, and we, that's not a problem. But so I think I might have to push my Kickstarter back, which I'm bummed about, but I also do not feel comfortable launching when I don't know when the product's going to be done. It's just yeah, if me. you're yeah, yeah.
0: If you're unsure about your timeline, you're you're better off just, you know, taking a breath and uh, doing it when you're ready.
1: Exactly. So I just wanted to announce that officially here. You heard it first from me. I'll be pushing back the Aeonian 3 Kickstarter. It's not a big deal. It's still in production. It's just ever You know, everybody loves Stan's work and I'm not going to tell the guy don't take other work. I mean, you got to make money. <laughs> so yeah. You know,
0: well, listen. They they pushed back Wonder Woman movie an entire year, so y'all can wait one month for Aeonian.
1: I th- thank you, thank you, Tom, <laughs> for having my back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, Shahrazad. Let's talk about uh, your first yeah. Kickstarter of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're geeked about this. We've been planning this thing for a long time, and we've got some uh, some really great covers to go along with what will be a, 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 just a dream situation as far as the interiors, because quite frankly, last summer, when we were talking about this book, I had no idea who was going to draw the book. Um, and I knew we were launching in January and I knew I had to get this book started in, you know, November, December. Um, and I was clueless, uh, because Mike Chrome, who did our original volume, uh, was that just was not going to happen. He's too far in demand for covers and so on. And, and, um, it just was not going to be an option to bring him back. Um, but then I ended up doing a show Duke city comic con and, uh, my amazing friend Nia Rufino was there also. And, you know, we just hung out for the whole weekend and I was like, you know, you want to do a book? And she was like, what is it? I was like, you want to do Scheherazade? I mean, you, she colored the original book. So it's really nice sort of continuity to take the colorist from the original and just let her do the whole book. And that's what she's doing. So she's doing the art and the colors. Um, and and uh, she actually, it, the idea was sparked because she did the three, three or four bonus pages from Antoinette uh, in the back of the book about Antoinette's cats. Those were her pages. And so we were actually looking at those pages while we were together and I was like, well, let's just do this because this would look great for Shahrazad, And she was like, Yeah, it would. And so there it was. We, you know, we 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 locked her in and uh Carrie Castor is returning. She was the original writer for Shahrazad, Um and she's returning to write this book. And uh so it's it's Carrie and Nei, um, and I'm sort of overseeing it and uh it's gonna be it's, it's I i we've teased some of this already. A lot of the covers we've teased, um, some of the pages we've teased and it's just, it's straight up gorgeous. And if you like the original Scheherazade, this is a different story. Um, but you're going to start to get a taste of what is planned with this character because it's not just, you know, one linear story. We, we compare this very much to kind of like Dr. Who, where every story is kind of anywhere, anytime with anyone that you want. Uh, but at the end of the day, every story does thread back to a baseline of, of sort of what you're doing within the season or, or whatever you want to talk about. Um, so this book will deviate from the the gods and monsters story that we did with the original book. And we are calling this um, – and it's just a one-shot as well. It's just a single one-shot that will lead to the series' return. Uh, but we're calling this Scheherazade Sidequests. Uh, and it's called The Geisha in King Arthur's Court.
1: Very cool.
0: Yeah. So we get to continue our, you know, sort of fantasy mashup genre blending that we, you know, we did in the first volume, which is kind of the hallmark of the series. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, Really great. It is based on Carrie Castor. I, I, you know, we need to get her on the show at some point to talk about it, but basically Carrie is very literary. So she's very into all of this, uh, uh old school stuff. And, um, she had this story that she found from, from, you know, old literature that, uh, we kind of blended, um, uh, you know, old England with King Arthur, along with uh, samurai in Japan feudalism. Um, and so there's, there's a lot going on in here. Um, but uh, a lot of the visuals will be very kind of Japanese oriented. And a lot of the story will be kind of King Arthur, Guinevere, uh, that sort of thing. So you get a nice kind of mix of, of a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, it, it sounds like this would be something that a lot like a wider range of people would be interested in because you're not only doing you know like the king arthur stuff but you're also doing you know feudal japan and you know like so that's really cool i mean it opens it opens up this world to people that might not have been like you know oh this doesn't sound like it's my cup of tea well maybe this you know story does sound like
0: sure oh and (laughs) and that's part of the reason why you know Big Dog Inc. has everything that it does. Now, I, I, I write most of this stuff, and Scheherazade was something that I created. I just, at the time, uh, as, as much as I wanted to write it, and I did write sort of the zero, the origin story for it, um, I just realized that I was writing too many things, and I just could not take another book on. And so Carrie has been my editor for many years. Um And so I was like, well, hey, I mean, do you want to? Is this something that would be, you know, up your alley? And and I kind of know what I I knew what I wanted from a story standpoint, Um, and so I kind of gave her this this sort of plot line, Um, and but then after that, it was like just just kind of take it and run with it. Do do what you want to do with that. And so we kind of worked together a little bit because she had never written a comic book before. She had written you know prose, but not comics, and it's a very different um, situation to write comics. So I kind of you know held her hand a little bit and and kind of helped with uh you know transitions through pages and panels and layouts and understanding that we don't want everything you know you want to move your panels from from you know small to large to close ups to to you know scenery and and you it's it's a it's a pacing that you need to figure out in comics it's a little little trickier than than in prose um but the book came out great it was our best selling title uh in our history and um you know, we're excited to have it back. And we've had people waiting for this for a long time. And uh, we're have, have, happy to have it back. But again, yeah, with, with Penny for Your Soul, you know, we have kind of a mature dark humor series with with Critter. We have old school kind of superheroes. Um, we do a, a Western reimagining of The Wizard of Oz. We do kaiju. We do horror. And we have this crazy, you know, genre mashing science fiction thing that is still based on something that people know Scheherazade, who, you know, told the stories of A Thousand One Arabian Nights and so on. But we've created a story for her that allows us to do all this crazy fantasy stuff while still having a purpose for it at the end. It's not all just there because we thought it would look cool. It's all there on purpose. And that's sort of the, the, the understory um, that that's going to connect all of these different adventures together.
1: Most Excellent. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. And we've got, and of course we've got cool covers, you know, um, I just got one turned in today that I'm drooling over, you know, we'll just, we'll make this the official announcement. Paul Green has come on to the book for the first time, uh, in Big Dogging history. Uh, you probably don't know Paul, but he's been around for a long time. Um, he's done stuff for, you know, Zenoscope and, uh, Coffin Comics and, and all kinds of people, um, publishers. And I've been after him for years and finally we locked him down and he's doing Scheherazade and he's doing Critter in a couple of months and uh, hopefully some more this year, um, but it just got turned in. It's straight up gorgeous. And uh, we'll be teasing it later on, on our social media. And uh, we'll have our full teases on Patreon. That's the new thing that we did is I started a Patreon account um, where, which we call uh, big dog Inc. all access. So as we do things, as I do things, whether it's writing or designs or, or layouts or whatever, we just kind of feed that Patreon with, with all of this uh, sort of background stuff. So that people that are fans of the process of making comics can kind of get a look at what it actually takes and how it happens—that uh, you know, a, an idea becomes a character, becomes a story, becomes a comic—and um, uh, you know, we've we've got a bunch of patrio- patrons already who have you know gotten to see all of these things and uh, they're having a good time, and we're having a good time. So again, it's all just—it's all just keep moving. You know, comics—you got to keep moving. As soon as you stop. Everybody else that is either behind you or beside you is now ahead of you, and uh, you just got to find a way to keep going, and, and that's part of the key to comics.
1: It is, and I'm just gonna say it's really hard in the winter for me <laughs> to do that because all I want to do is straight up hibernate and not do anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been um, so I have to like force myself to like write. I have, and because I know this is downtime, you know, for conventions and everything, and. Right. Once the holidays it's, are over, I'm like, okay, Stephanie, you've got, you know, like three months. You what? You have X amount of stuff to get done and you know, the next two or three months. You got to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You got to take all the time you got.
1: Yeah. So I've been uh, making myself go to the Big B that's by my house instead of staying at home because I feel like when I stay at home, it's very easy to get distracted and to find sure. other things that I need to be doing. Yep. Uh, so, luckily the people at Big B haven't like kicked me out. I bought like a coffee and a tea, okay? Then
0: you're then you're fine. Yeah, like next, I, next, I paid money. Next time buy a danish and you'll be good.
1: Yeah. I'll you know, I'll I'll pay a few a few dollars every time I show up, you know. That's that's that, they'll make money off me. They should be fine with it, but hmm? so, yeah, so that's how I um keep myself moving forward is getting my booty out of the house, going somewhere else <laughs> where my cute dogs aren't because they're very distracting
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's real life i mean i know a lot of people that have uh you know they're, they're work at home people and their their um i don't know what you'd call it their daily wake up or whatever is is literally like going to work they get up they take their shower they put on real clothes uh you know they go into a different room they close the door it's like an office but like literally like an office like if you went to work and they they have to cut themselves off from everything like they've actually gone somewhere versus, you know, they're still in their house. Um, and, and you have to be very active about that. I mean, we, there, there's artists and I joke about it all the time that, you know, I sit at home and, and, and write and and do Kickstarters and I'm not even wearing pants, but that's the reality is it's like you can, you can really fall into these lazy habits that, uh, that can affect everything, not just what you're doing at home with your work, but even when you, when you finally do have to go out then you're like, oh, I got to put pants on now. Like, that's a real thing. And, and, uh, there's definitely people that fall into those traps and they're, they're you getting up and leaving, if that's, what's going to motivate you or at least spark you to be like, okay, yeah, I got to work. Then that's what you got to do. I mean, so I, I used to go to the library, you know, if I was feeling like this isn't cutting it, I would go to the library and, and, you know, sit in the back and, and work there. So yeah, that, that's uh that's a very real thing. And it's, Something that people that are work-at-home people need to really understand that, um, you know, you, you can fall into terrible, terrible habits working at home.
1: Absolutely. Um, and oh, that brings me to um, another thing uh, that I wanted to touch on that I didn't realize I wanted to touch on until we just started talking about that. Ha-ha. Uh, so for, like, people when they get writer's block, because that happened to me for a short period last year. And so I was trying to figure out like how do I get myself out of this, you know, this little funk I'm in? Um and what worked for me and it might not work for everybody else is instead of and I think I got like in my head about like deadlines for certain things that I had to get done and I kind of overthought it and it was causing mm-hmm. me to just like seize, you
0: that's know? That's the easiest that's the easiest first step to to writer's block is panicking about What's got to get done? There's too much. Yeah, no, that'll shut you down in an instant.
1: Yeah, and that's pretty much what happened. Um, and so I was trying to figure. I was like, I didn't even want to open my file. I didn't want to look at the script. I just wanted to like avoid it, like the plague. <laughs> so, yeah. um, what I did, and for anybody out there, and I know like a lot. I've seen this all the time on uh, social media. People posting that they have you know writer's block or art block or whatever. Um, so. You know, I follow these posts and I get ideas that other people post to help each other out. And the one that I found that worked for me uh, was to write something. It doesn't don't it doesn't have to be the thing that you're supposed to write. Write something. Write a poem. Write something stupid. Write something silly. Just write something every single day, even if it's just you know a one page essay about. Uh, Why you like one kind of toothbrush over another kind of toothbrush, you know, just get yourself into the habit, get back into the habit, I should say, of, you know, always writing something.
0: Even even simpler than that, you can take it even to a to a simpler level where just write about your characters. You know, if you have a character and and, you know, you're writing about it, but you want to figure out who they are, just sit there and be like, okay, who's this character? Does she collect Snow globes? Does she like have a dream to go to Australia? Like just take, start taking notes about your characters. And suddenly you're going to start to see the story open up because you know more about the characters, uh, just by doing this little side thing. I mean, you can write about a character all you want, but the more depth you have to them, the easier the story is going to flow. The more doors are going to open for you when you're actually doing the writing. So it, it, it's the same thing. I mean, just, just write something, even if it's notes, even if it's just it doesn't even matter if it makes it into a draft just put something down on paper and and it's it's at least something that you can say nope that's not going to work and and you know move on to what's next
1: exactly just you know you, you just have to kind of force yourself through that whole whatever it is that started your that block usually i think it is at least in my case it's always been the deadline thing when i have too many deadlines and i have you know, too many things swirling around and then all of a sudden I'm just like, oh crap, like <laughs> I have to have this done in like two weeks.
0: Ah. Yeah. yeah. You know.
1: And then my brain goes, Nope, we're not stressing out about it. You're just not gonna do it. Yeah, dingus. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. yeah, like just getting yourself, you know, back into the habit of writing anything. Once you start writing without a deadline. And you see that, yes, you can still write. You haven't lost your ability to write. You know, it, it makes things, you know, it makes me feel like I can breathe again. And it just opens up, uh, you know, it kind of relieves that, that fear or that, you know, lock that I get. So mm-hmm. just wanted yeah, to sh- no, share that, uh, with people because I know, um, a lot of people that I have seen have been dealing with that lately. So
0: you it's can. A very break common question. It. <laughs> yeah, it's a very common question like at cons and stuff when you're doing panels or or you're just talking to people at, at your at your booth. Writers will almost invariably bring that up, dude. How do you get through writer's block and it's, it's, it's going to be different for everybody, but the, the bottom line is always just keep writing. And for me, it helps that I write so many different things. So if I am writing this horror book and it's just not, I'm, you know, it's just not working, I can bounce myself over and write superheroes and, and kind of break, you know, the mud that I'm, I'm stuck in, um, because it forces my mind to kind of, go somewhere else. And uh, and then I can kind of weave back and forth. So that's another thing is if you're writing one thing, just try and write something else that's completely the opposite of what you're trying to write. And, and oftentimes that'll kind of, you know, shake things loose.
1: Absolutely. That's, uh, and that's when I went and wrote on Sunday, I worked on two different scripts. When I hit like a wall in one script, I would go over to the other one and they're very different stories. Um, mm-hmm. So it, Allowed me to get more done than I thought I could, even though it was like spread between two projects, it, I still got more done. And so when I hit a wall on one, I went to the other one and wrote there and invite, you know, I pinged back and forth and it actually worked really well for me. So if you're able to do that, then, you know. Getting, you know, a few pages done on two scripts, you know, like four pages on one and four pages on another is better than only, you know, getting two or three pages done on one and then hitting a wall and going, okay, well, I guess I'm done.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm done for now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, ain't it fun?
0: Yeah. So- well, and and also and one of my big problems is is I will – I'll basically always be writing, but I'll be writing it in my head. Like I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking about dialogue or, or, you know, things, things that I want the story to do or whatever. Um, but sometimes when I finally get to the point where I'm actually typing it out, I've lost some of that. Like I've forgotten. I, there are, there are things that are absolutely, I'm going to pat myself on the back. They're freaking brilliant and they're lost in the cloud. They're gone. I have no idea what they are, what they were, what they should have been. And when I'm sitting down to write it, I'm like, Oh my God, why didn't I put that on actual paper? Why is there not a note of that thought process that I was having? Um, and, and the, all those ideas and those, those moments are, are gone forever now. So that's the other advantage to, uh, to actually writing, writing or typing it, however you want to make sure that you have actual physical note somewhere, or you can talk to yourself. I mean, all of our phones can take recordings now, just talk to yourself with your phone. And that way you'll have a, a verbal thing that you can kind of run back through and be like, Oh yeah, that was that cool thing. So, you know, it, it's cool to write in your head, but you will lose many things. Trust me. I speak from experience.
1: Yeah. Uh, I keep a notebook in my uh, purse yeah. and, uh, and I have like a, a pencil bag filled with like all different kinds of writing utensils um, so that no matter where I'm at, if I think of something like I'm actually looking at my notebook now uh, because I have something I wanted to talk about that I wrote about in here. But um, like I have notes for every issue of Aeonian and then I have um, the like premise for my next two graphic novels that I'm working on, and and there's just like little, like, even if it's just like a little thing about a character or uh, a basic plot or a subplot or something, there's something, you know, for every project I'm working on in here because it'll just hit me somewhere. And if I, like you said, if I, you know, you don't write it down, it's very easy, especially if you have a very active brain and you are constantly thinking (laughs) about things, you know, you're going to lose it. It happens. It's like when you go into the kitchen and you knew that you needed something out of the kitchen but you get in there and you're like what the hell did I come in here for (laughs) that happens and it's uh yeah that's real life man and it sucks so yeah notebooks or you know uh google keep is really cool because you can have it on your cell phone and it links you know you can pull it up on any device anywhere and so it's it's almost like you know having a a little notepad that's on your phone that you can look up on your computer or like if you're traveling you can always sign into it from any computer at a hotel and all of your notes are there so it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. um but i totally forgot that i announced uh my new series earlier this this year or was it yeah no it was right before the new year I announced my okay. new series, so I want to. Uh, I didn't really give a lot of information. I just gave like the title and like sure. what type of what type of uh, series or graphic novel it was going to be. Um, so I should probably explain a little bit better, <laughs> so people have some idea <laughs> of what the hell sure. I'm doing.
0: Um, if only you had a platform for that.
1: I know, you know, if only somebody would let me talk about stuff <laughs> ever. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I am writing a series. It's been an idea that I've had for about a year. And uh, because the first arc of Aeonian, um, I'm finishing issue four. And I was like, well, what do I, you know, what do I want to do next? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this one because I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, And this idea for me is very different from what I've been writing. It, It is it's a horror comedy. So there are horror elements to it um so think this is kind of where i was coming from with it um buffy meets mean girls so it's called we are monsters and it's about a world where monsters have existed forever and people go out like and they you know like monsters show up and these teams go out and they kill them Um, but they're doing it now for popularity. So there's all these teams of people that go and slay monsters, but then they're getting like endorsements from companies. They're basically like uh, influencers on Instagram. So mm-hmm. it's a social status thing to be like really good at doing this. So there's going to be blood and gore and all that fun stuff, but it's going to focus on um one team of girls that um are very – dysfunctional and catty and uh, have to kind of figure out who they are in order to stay together as a team and to be able to rise to the top of the ranks so that they can get, you know, they're a little obsessed with social media, um, which I thought was kind of fun because it's very relevant to how most of us live our lives these days. Um, We're very social media obsessed and, you know, a lot of people will... These influencers on Instagram, like they show these lives that cannot be real, you know. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, they right. they can't be. Come on, like it, we all know you're full of crap. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to put like a social commentary into this, um, but in a fun, you know, monster, gory, catty women comedy. So that is uh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Good. It's going to be really cool. Um, I still haven't signed a team to it yet, and I just started writing it. Uh, it will be, um, you know, a graphic novel. So it's not like a series at this point. I just, I have one story I really want to tell, and I'm going to write as much as I need to write to get that story out. And, uh, I'm going to have a co-writer, uh, my best friend, Jason Shmaleski, who, uh, did some stories for Secrets Best Kept and wrote the, um, science fiction novel Nod, which is very, very good. Um, he's going to be co-writing it with me. So it's, it's going to be really fun. So I'm really looking forward to doing something that appeals to people that aren't just like into straight horror, you know, like for yeah, people who like sure. cabin in the woods and things like that, where it's, yeah, there's some gore and it's, you know, some intense moments, but it's funny and it's, it deals with, you know, social commentary and things that are actually going on. So, yeah. That's that's
0: it. <laughs> yeah, cool. I have a I have a book two books, kind of combo thing that it that's it's been in the back of my head for a long time and I'm it's it's slowly starting to to figure itself out. And it's very sort of social commentary, it's very social media, it's very the comic book industry. Um I don't really want to say too much about it because I, I, it's going to, it's, it's going to open some eyes about the industry. Let's just say that because I don't, I don't pull punches. People that know me know I don't pull punches. And, uh, when I get to the part that we're talking about the actual industry that we have here, um, it's going to open a lot of eyes. Now, people are going to look at it and be like, well, that's not real. And I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, that's real. So it's it's <laughs> going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Now, it is I will say that is going to be written in a capacity that there will be 100 percent real things in it there will be things that are inspired by real things and there will be things that are a hundred percent fake. And part of the interesting thing will be fig- letting people figure out what's real and what's not. But, um, some of the things that are going to be real are going to be so real that they're going to seem fake. So, um, <laughs> it should be fun. It should be fun. Um, but, uh, that's, that's way down the line. That's, uh, you know, I often have things that I'm just, I just kind of have percolating in the back of my head ideas pop in and, and just like we talked about, just, just when those things happen, just start taking, Notes and 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 put things down and and you know work it out while you're working on whatever you really you know have to be working on.
1: Absolutely, And that, that's the way to do it. Um, and we're getting close to time here. But uh, speaking of you know Tom and his opinions, uh, there's been a lot of hate coming from you uh, on the child or baby yoda from the mandalorian i don't
0: don't think that a lot of hate is the right term i I just uh it's not a lot of hate because i i i've only really talked about it like twice um but but maybe three times yeah
1: i was gonna say and i've seen you comment on other people's stuff when they
0: talk about i do i do comment yes i do comment (laughs) but i don't necessarily you know stir the waters myself i i play in other people's waters more often yeah
1: <laughs> so I'm just curious, and you know, because baby, baby Oda is well, beloved by all, okay? Like it, you know, no,
0: that, no, it, i there are people on my side stuff there well,
1: there are, there are but there people. there's not that there many. People. It's like you and like two so, other people I've seen say something <laughs> negative. and I'm sure there's more of you, <laughs> that, but seriously, it's not that many. <laughs> and, so I'm just really curious so, why I,
0: let me i'll I'll give you the whole because there's it it's sort of a long story but it can be summed up quickly. So step one of all of this is, um, understand that I'm a star Wars fan from day one. I'm, I was like six when star Wars came out. So star Wars has been a part of my life for 40 years. Okay. Whatever it is. (laughs) Um, so I've always been a star Wars fan period. Um, when, when the comics were out in the old days in the Marvel stuff, I kind of, read a little bit of it. I kind of read some of the books. I was never really into the side stuff. The prequels came out. Um, I don't hate them as much as other people do Thought They were fine. They weren't great, but they were, they're fine ultimately because it's George's story to tell. I've always said this, like star Wars is not your story. So shut up. I don't care what you want to happen. I don't care how you think it's supposed to happen. It's not your story. It's George's story to tell, which is one of the reasons why I don't like a lot of the side stuff, because to me, it's just fan fiction, even though a lot of it went through Lucasfilm and it had to be approved and on and on and on and on. on, I I, I get that. It's it's still not George. And so for me, I'm I'm a George purist. I want to know what George wanted me to know, Um, which is why I was kind of disappointed when Disney bought Lucasfilm and Star Wars and all that, because I knew we weren't going to get what George wanted me to get. But I was still open enough to, because it's still Star Wars and it's still the Skywalkers. Um, it's not side stuff. It is the Skywalkers. And we'll get this Skywalker thing and we'll wrap it up and we'll be done. So I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. Let's 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 go ahead and do these movies because I'm a movie guy, really nothing else. Um, I loved The Force Awakens. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I thought it was just enough uh, sort of throwback, callback, nostalgia mixed with enough you know, sort of unique twisting of of what we understand as, you know, Jedi's and the force and so on and so on. So I really like that. I absolutely despised Last Jedi. You will never change my mind. In fact, I will change your mind, given the chance. <laughs> um, and that's not you, Steph. That's like to the entire world. Like in destroy, general. Yeah. <laughs> I will take the movie apart Piece by piece and destroy it for you. Um, I hate that movie, and it really put me off of Star Wars to the point where I didn't even go see Solo. I was like, "Look, I, this is—I'm not doing this anymore." Um, and I didn't see Solo in the theaters. I've seen it since, but I didn't see it in the theater. And um, so then we came around to, to where we are now with with Rise. I basically came uh, into Rise okay. with Just with so you hopes. know, I, yeah.
1: ha- I haven't seen Rise yet. Oh, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Okay, I good. Spoilers. I just wanted to throw no, that no. out there. I still want to see it. I just haven't made it to the movies recently. Okay. So. No, no. Okay. That's
0: not the problem. There's no spoilers here. Um, basically, what I wanted, because I knew J.J. was coming back, what I wanted was J.J. to give me a movie that smoothed out the pothole that was Last Jedi and just take me out of Star Wars with a smile on my face. That's all I wanted. It's not, that's not too hard. (laughs) Right. So, because I knew that when the Skywalkers were done, my Star Wars was done because again, I don't do the extra stuff. I didn't watch the Clone Wars cartoons. Like none of that stuff means anything to me, even though that's kind of Skywalker stuff. I'm just not an, an extra guy. So Rise comes out and all I'm doing through the whole movie is smiling. I'm just having a blast. It's, it's, it's dumb and it doesn't allow moments to really sit in some places. So a lot of like good moments don't really get the extra value that they need, but that's partially because it had so much to do to fix the problems of last Jedi that it was just moving fast. It was just like, okay, we got to do this. 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 Oh yeah. And we got to end this whole thing somehow. So I have problems with it. Uh, it is not a perfect movie. Um, but for me, I saw it twice uh, I, I, enjoyed it both times. There's enough there that I went out of my star Wars experience smiling. And, and so I'm happy. I'm, 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 I'm content. So now here comes Mandalorian. Now, number one, remember, I've already told you, I don't care about any of the side stuff. It doesn't mean anything to me. Um, if it's not the Skywalker saga, I don't care. So Mandalorian, I'm seeing the trailers and stuff. I'm like, well, that, I mean, it looks fine. And I actually like John Favreau. That was the one thing that I thought. If it could drag me in, it would be Favreau, because I love what he does in, in almost all cases. Um, so I'm a huge Favreau fan. And uh, But as I'm watching the trailers, I'm just like, I mean, it's not Boba Fett. It's just a dude. It's IG-88, but it's not. Uh, it's Tatooine again. Um, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know why I care at this point, because there's nothing there that's dragging me in. And so I just kind of it, it. Disney Plus pops out and, and it's doing it what it does. And everybody's like, oh, Disney Plus and The Mandalorian, so good. And da. da, da. And then the Yoda shows up, <sighs> or the baby Yoda, or the child, or whatever yeah, we we'll call. Yeah,
1: whatever it. you want to call it.
0: And I'm sitting there going, really this this is where we're going with this. And and I, I ultimately didn't really have a giant problem because again, it's a side story. I I, I really don't care. It really affects me in no way, but here's where I have the problem. And this is where I kind of clap back at people and snap at them specifically when they have, when they give me what I'm about to tell you. A lot of rise of of Skywalker gets flack because it's fan service. Oh dude, it's so much fan service. Oh my God. It's so stupid. Okay. Let's talk about the Mandalorian. Mandalorian is Boba Fett. That isn't Boba Fett. It's IG 88. That is not IG 88. It's back to Tatooine, which you guys said you didn't want to go back to. It's now a baby Yoda. That is nothing but fan service. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a trooper ship. That was a toy from star Wars that, you know, everybody remembers, but was never anywhere. And everybody's like, Oh my God, look, it's that thing from the toy. Mandalorian is nothing but fan service from beginning to end, from concept to execution. It's fan service. So you can't tell me that Rise of Skywalker is too much fan service and then tell me that you think Mandalorian is so great because it's so different. It's so it's Star Wars again. That means it's fan service. And so therefore the baby, the child falls into fan service. I can see that. I, I, I can't, while I don't care that it exists, the, the, the extreme phenomenon of it uh, is, is what drives me crazy, especially, and particularly when it's linked to the people that are like, rise of Skywalker had too much fan service. Like now dude, come on. So there it is. There's the long sort of drawn out, uh, uh, disinterest in, in the baby. And, uh, I remember somebody actually posted a, a GIF of, um, the 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 biker scout guys punching it in the face, and I was like, okay, I, maybe I can like Star Wars again. Yeah,
1: that made me so <laughs> mad. I was so upset, Tom. Can I just tell you? Like and, and I, just, yeah, I was so upset. Post,
0: <laughs> and when you posted on that thread, you were like, dude, who hurt you? The yeah. answer is very easy. It's Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson hurt me. Ryan Johnson destroyed, or tried to destroy, something that was part of my life for 40 years. So F that guy. And uh <laughs> You know, and, and basically, again, I have I have left, Star Wars has left my building. Um, Rise of Skywalker is is a good movie. It's fine. Do not listen to the critics. Do not listen to the people about the fan service. You will have a good time. You will enjoy it. You will laugh. You will smile. You will cry. You will go, what the hell is that? And and you won't get an answer, but don't worry about it. Just move on. Just get on to the points that matter. And, uh, and I've actually just read an article that there's actually what they call the J.J. cut. That is something like 190 minutes long uh, that Disney wouldn't let them release. And I'm like, dude, give it to me now. I want all <laughs> of that extra right now. So p- supposedly they're going to re-release the movie with about another half an hour in it. Uh, and then the Blu-ray will have all of whatever else doesn't get into that extended edition, I guess, is is sort of the rumor. But nice. no, I I, I liked it. It was Force Awakens or Force Awakens was the best. Uh, Last Jedi was a pothole and Rise of Skywalker sort of, you know, cements over it a little bit. Um, And in fact, some, one of the, some of the best parts of Last Jedi, or I mean of uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, are the parts where J.J. very, very specifically just tells you, yeah, don't worry about Last Jedi. We're going to do it this way. And <laughs> and I love that stuff. That's, that's so good. And so thank you, J.J. That was my comment. When I came out of the theater all I posted on Facebook was thank you, JJ. Um, it was a fun movie. It's ridiculous. It, some parts don't make sense, but you'll have a fun time.
1: And ultimately that's, that's all that should matter. Um, I, I I love star Wars, but I'm not, um, like I've read some of the books, but for me, like my biggest, uh, the biggest joy that I've had with star Wars has been the games. Um, I played like the MMORPG, uh, the, the, uh, the old republic not knights of the old republic that was a a different game but um and so for me i like i've i always play a bounty hunter when i you know that's my that's my jam so for me like so basic yeah mandalorian was kind of like my jam because it was fan service to me you know yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they they made it for me and i was like thank you (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, but I, I understand. And I know people take their star Wars, like, and there's so many ways too to seriously. appreciate Honestly, too it. Too
0: seriously. And even I do in some cases, and, and I admit to it, but some people are just way over the, the line. And I think it's because there's so much stuff like you talked about, there's books and there's video games and there's comics. And there's so on. So much stuff that everybody kind of has their own interpretation of how this all works right. and what they want to see with, with, you know, all of this stuff. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, no, that, that's that. Here's the thing. Everybody's like, well, what would get you back into Star Wars? I, and I, and I had to really think about it and and it wouldn't be, and we're talking outside of Skywalker stuff. And I had to really, really sit down and think about what I knew about basically the movies, because that's all I really pay attention to. What of all of this could be done? And I used to think it was the bounty hunters. I used to always think that that would be it, but they did that in clone wars and now they've doing Mandalorian and it's not working. Um, So I came up with this really bizarre idea of this is this. I would watch this show or I would watch this movie or whatever it is. I want a fast and the furious style pod race movie with Sebulba. That is what I want. I want to go so far outside the box of what star Wars has been presented to us. uh, And take one of these legitimately cool moments from the, the, from the prequels and turn it into something that it was never intended to be. And I think it would be incredible because I thought Sabulba was a great character and I think the Padre's world would be amazing and uh and so that's that's John Favreau give me that show and you have me back into Star Wars.
1: I would totally watch that. Um also oh, there's one other thing I can't remember. Never mind. Not important. We have to wrap this up anyway. <laughs> we went a, we went a little over and I I need to get my booty out of the studio here, but I'm glad I understand now. So you don't, you don't hate the child. It's just.
0: I don't object to it existing because it doesn't affect me, but uh, there is a direct connection to the people that complain about fan service who are so in love with it. And it is so obviously fan service. And so that's kind of where I have my disconnect.
1: And, and I, and I can respect that. There's nothing wrong with that, (laughs) but see, I'm okay with fan service. I don't get mad about it. So I
0: have no problem with it either. That's, and that's something that, Needs to be clear. I I don't care that it exists either. I it's, it's there for a reason and uh, we should all just kind of shut up and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. I'll take anything star Wars. I can get uh, when it comes to TV shows and movies. Oh yeah. This was it. Uh, uh, solo was way better than I thought it was going to be. I absolutely loved solo and there's a lot of people that disagree with me. I thought it was super fun. I, I, I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Um, so yeah, that's my opinion, and nobody has to agree, and I won't be butt hurt about it. <laughs>
0: well, we <laughs> can, can talk about that next time, Steph, and I'll change your mind.
1: Well, we'll, we'll see about that. I'm, I, that's a conversation <laughs> I'm willing to have, and then you know, hopefully, by next time, I've seen uh, rise, and then yes. we can we can get into that a little bit. But oh, yeah. uh, for now, we're gonna wrap up our show. We did it. We did another one. Our first show of 2020.
0: Woo! Good to be back with you.
1: I know this. This was really fun, and you know, I like how we did today's show. This was kind of random and organic because we didn't really know what we were going to talk about today. Um, and we did a little bit of industry talk and a little bit of pop culture talk. I mean, we got we we covered all the bases, man. Sure, it's beautiful. I think so. I think we're pretty good at this. Maybe we should uh, just maybe we should keep doing just this. Keep show. going,
0: yeah. Keep going. Let's just do another one.
1: <laughs> we'll see. You know, we'll do it again in two weeks, and we'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> All right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with more industry and fun, probably more Star Wars stuff. So if you're, you're into that, uh, you know, keep your, your ear to the headphone or whatever you listen to podcasts on. So, um, until next time, be safe and happy and, uh, we'll talk to you soon.